Eagles Entertainment. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right. Another day, and the Eagles are 3-0 as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 412. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell to share our thoughts on what we saw from your Philadelphia Eagles as they got their first NFC East victory of the season with a dominant performance down at FedEx Field over the Washington Commanders. Pass game was outstanding. Devontae Smith, record-setting performance in the defense. Well, nine sacks against quarterback Carson Wentz and that Washington offensive line. We're going to cover that and everything else in today's show. But before we get there, a couple things I want to make sure we hit on. Number one, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify, wherever you listen. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. If you've got a question, leave it. We're going to answer a question later in the show. Also, be sure to check out the Journey to the Draft podcast. Myself, Ben Fennell, Dane Brugler, a weekly assortment of guests. You want to make sure you are staying up to date because right now, as it stands today, again, it's obviously after week three, the Eagles have a top 10 pick coming from the New Orleans Saints. So you want to make sure you know who are the top names to be aware of in the college football landscape. You can do that weekly on the Journey to the Draft podcast with me, Ben, and Dane. Also, check out some more X's and O's analysis of the Eagles on Eagles Game Plan weekly. X's and O's show, the only one that I know of on TV. So make sure you go check that out uh, wherever you uh, you get your Eagles content. So that drops every Friday, or if you live here in the Philadelphia area, Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. on NBC10. That said, uh, enough of the promo stuff. Let's get into uh, Chalk Talk. Excited to sit down and talk about this win with Greg Cosell. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, let's get into it. Excited to be joined here by my friend Greg Cosell from NFL Films. Greg, uh, it's a good team. It is a good team. It's a very good team. We talked about that. I think – I'm sure we had spoken about this before. I, I lose track of what I say, you know, friend. I'm getting older. Sometimes I forget now. But I well, think, you talk to so many people. Like, uh, well, I, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. That's yeah, the thing. Sure. It's easy to forget about me. Yeah. <laughs> I talk to myself a lot, you know, because I'm the only one who listens usually. Um you know, and I said this team had a really good roster. I said without yeah. question they had the best roster in the NFC East. They have a, a roster that's probably top. I don't know. I don't. You know, without studying every single roster in great detail, probably a top five or six roster in the league. I right. mean, this is a really good football team. It is, and this is. I mean, on both sides of the football, you're getting. This is two straight weeks where you're getting just really well executed game plans and just impressive stuff to talk about and break down on both sides of the football. I think if, you, sometimes you ask me what's, you know, I don't know if you're going to do that yeah. today, but sometimes you ask me what stood out. Yeah, first thing that stands out, you're just walking away. Yep. Okay, and I'll tell you what stands out. Because okay. I really, I, I believe it or not, because I, I think about you when I watch this stuff, Fran, believe it or not. All right, that's scary. Okay. You know, yeah, a little scary it is, I know. <laughs> but you know what has really stood out, and it's the second week in a row. Okay. Are we now a passing football team? I think the I think the Eagles are a passing team. Because in each of the last two weeks, Jalen Hurts in the first half has had more than 20 dropbacks. Yeah. Now, who would have thought that, you know, a year ago, maybe even this summer? For a 3-0 team. For a 3-0 team. Yeah. So now we're a passing football team, and ultimately I think that's what they want it to be. In a sense, that's what they started out a year ago, and then they found out that Jalen in his first year as a full-time starter was not quite ready for that challenge. And then after an offseason – 
and, and a year gaining confidence because they did win at the end of last season and make the playoffs, a year gaining confidence, an offseason of work with a really good coaching staff, that now he's ready for that challenge, and they are throwing the football. And obviously they knew they wanted to make that transition even before the training camp because they went out and traded for A.J. Brown. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, you can, you can attribute so much of this success to so many different things, right? I mean, obviously, the addition of A.J. Brown, the the Jalen Hurts making the incremental improvements in his own right, just like self, uh, you know, self-included, just, hey, he got better. And then also more comfort in the system, the system more comfortable uh, with all the players around. I mean, everything across the board you know, is better. Just as an aside, you know that I watch a ton of tape, the NFL, college. You know, you watch uh, – I probably watch more NFL than you do. You probably watch a little more college than I do just because you can do more of it Dabble. during the season. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was thinking to myself that quarterback evaluation is so hard. And there's two quarterbacks, of which Jalen is one, that I think are going to be so fascinating as people continue to evaluate quarterbacks coming out. And that's Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Wow. Because people forget that Jalen Hurts was benched at Alabama because he couldn't throw very well. Yeah, that's the bottom line. He has gotten he has gotten so much better every. I shouldn't say that he has gotten better every single season. You go like to Alabama, like early Jalen, like freshman right. to sophomore to junior to senior year at Oklahoma. I remember watching him at the Senior Bowl, and I remember saying on the Journey of the Draft podcast at the Combine. Well, Jalen Hurts looks a lot better today than he did in Mobile right, three weeks right. ago. And then seeing from going to rookie year, rookie to year two, year two to year three, just he keeps getting better and better right. and better. And, and you know, that's why I said, because I remember just as an aside again, Josh Allen, there were people when he was drafted by the Bills with the seventh pick and they traded up for him that thought the Bills were crazy. There were people who thought Josh Allen wasn't even a first-round pick. Yep. And now he's obviously a great, great player. And then you look at Jalen, who, as you just said, we don't need to repeat just what you said, but he's clearly a far, far better thrower than he was three, four years ago. Yeah, it, it makes it such a, uh, a difficult process. The reason why it's the the hardest, one of the hardest things yeah. to, to evaluate uh, in terms of quarterback transition from college to the NFL. Just getting back to, to his performance and just the, the efficiency of this offense. You know, I was watching today and just going through play by play by play, and I'm like, man, like chunk play, chunk play, chunk play. And I just turned to Ben to Ben Fennell, and I said, where does this team rank right now in 15 plus yard plays? Right now, number one in the NFL. This is before the, the Monday night game. Right. Number one in the NFL in 15-plus yard uh, pass plays. Like, this is a team that just finds ways to be – maybe well, it's not the 40-pluses the and the 30-pluses, but it's a eight-yard uh, crossing route that turns into 18. It's, uh, it's well, the screen to Goddard. The screen you know, to Goddard, yeah. yes, exactly. Like, you have the, the – the deep balls are there for sure. We saw plenty of them right. uh, on Sunday. But it's the, the catch-and-run elements and the well de- well-designed screen plays just – Across the board, they just find ways to pick up well, huge Well, and chunks. another stat that people do look at, and you know this, there's a lot of people that feel that this may be the most important stat, is yards per attempt. Yeah. Jalen Hurts leads the NFL in yards per attempt with 9.35. Wow. Which is a very, very high number. Yes. It'd be unlikely to maintain that for a whole season. Yep. But if he did, it, it my guess is it would be one of the highest ever for a full season. It's outstanding. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, even in, in this game, I thought that of the three games – you would argue that this was probably like his least sharp game. Like I thought the ball placement wasn't always great, uh, especially early on. But his number—I mean, he was well. The more first than two series, enough. you know, it's funny. Um, in in uh, the name of true confession, here on Sundays I watched the Red Zone, so I don't so sit course. and watch. You know, I wasn't watching the Eagles play after play until I yeah. watched the tape. Uh, you know, when I get to my office on Monday, and. You know, I watched the first two series, and I'm thinking, boy, when does the good stuff happen? Because the first two series were a little rough. 
you know. Uh, but hey, that's the you're still in the NFL, and you know what? There's another team out there. But yeah, and then obviously um, the first after the first couple of series, things started to click. But you know, it's funny you talk about ball placement. I would bet that a lot of people think that the touchdown he threw to Brown, yep, was an a poor ball placement right. throw yeah, when, no, when no actually doubt. it was a perfect ball placement throw sure. because of the leverage and the technique of St. Just, who was actually playing him inside. He couldn't lead him or, or St. Just would have knocked the ball down. Yep. So he actually threw, which you don't see very often, a back shoulder slant. And not to mention, you also had the threat of the safety there in that window. Right. Devontae right. ended up taking him away, but Jalen, as he's dropping back, like you don't well, know if that's They had run or... a similar combination earlier in the game. Three straight, three plays, two times they ran that concept. Yeah, and they saw what the reaction of the defense was going to be, yep. so they knew. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I know when people always say, well, I know what the quarterback's doing at the line of scrimmage. I, I'm not that smart. I don't know what the quarterback's doing at the line of scrimmage. But he did something there where he pointed to to that side because it was twins to the right. Yep. And it's very possible that he basically knew with their look, twins, that they were going to get that same coverage look that they had gotten the two or three previous times they had done that. And they knew that the corner over Smith would go inside and therefore the slant window would be open. Two uh, two games now. These last two contests against Minnesota and Washington, empty sets have been such a big part of this offense and of this pass game. And last week we talked about how they did such a great job of getting Devontae Smith inside, yeah. uh, running those choice routes against Minnesota linebackers and safeties. It was free access. Minnesota was playing super soft, and they didn't really adjust. This week, I went back and I wanted to see, like, all right, how does Washington match to empty? And so wanted to look and say, all right, well, they played a lot of cover three, a lot of cover four. They actually didn't see a ton of empty the first two weeks. And so I was interested, all right, well, how are they going to try and match up to this? And the Eagles came out early, and it was a lot of the same stuff. Devontae as number two. They put Miles Sanders at, at number one. And the first play, they matched up in zone, and they got the ball to Devontae Smith underneath. It was actually a nice motion on the play, created right, a passing right. window. It was a nice play. After that, when they came out in that look, Washington checked to all man. They were just playing, hey, we're going to play man-to-man if Miles Sanders is going to be out wide with Devontae inside. And then that's where you started to see, like you saw the QB draw from Jalen that was one block away from being a 20-plus yard touchdown. Uh, And then you saw that long crosser to Devontae Smith, the 31-yarder, perfectly executed. You mean the, the, uh, the little inside program. mesh? Outstanding. And yeah. Zach Pascal was outstanding Yeah, he on that was, play, he was. Uh, setting just yeah. enough interference without yep. drawing the, the yeah. PI. Um, but again, just kind of finding ways to they be able to They blitzed on that opponents. too, as I recall, the they, commanders. They did. It and, was cover one blitz. Exactly. And yeah. to, to your point, that the, those A.J. Brown catches, they also came out of empty, except it was A.J. Brown outside with Devontae Smith. They ran the same double slant concept three times, and it was like that first big third down right. version of the game, the touchdown to Brown, and then the fourth down play to ice it in the four-minute roll at the end of the game. So they went, that, went back to that well a couple of right, times. Right, right. No, well, they knew what they were – I mean, that – you know, to me, that's really good coaching because obviously you game plan based on what you've seen on film, but you also want to see how a defense reacts – as the game progresses, yeah. because it's not just calling individual plays and seeing if plays work. Yep. You're trying to get a feel for how the defense reacts to what you do, whether it's use of personnel, whether it's formation, whether it's motions and shifts. You want to get a feel for how the defense reacts, because yep. the defense has been studying all week, too, no doubt. and they have a plan as to how they want to react. Yep. So you want to see what that is. That's what I loved about that that Jalen, uh, the QB draw, was like, yeah, it only ended up going for like a four or five yard gain, but... When they came out in that empty set, 
Washington checked. They were like, oh, they were, you could see Jameen Davis and the, right, the corner right, switch responsibilities. Right. And you say, okay, now Jalen goes up to the line and he changes it, which, again, I don't know that we see that from Jalen a year ago or two years ago. Uh, but he goes up, changes the play, and, and again, find well, ways to attack man coverage. We must think alike because here's a note I made. You know I take notes, obviously, sure. on every game, as you, I'm sure, do, do as well. Yeah. I said, Hertz has been highly effective in empty sets through three games. 14 for 16 for 165 yards and a touchdown, 10.3 yards per attempt. In this game against the Commanders, he was 7 for 8 for 85 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, they've been really... I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see more of it because of just what you said. It's going to define a lot of coverages, and their O-line is so good in pass protection. I got to tell you... I watched the tape, and I noticed that this summer when I did my deep dive into Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson is so good in one-on-one pass protection. Yep. It's ridiculous. I mean, when you have that, that ability to be able to line up uh, and, and block with five, for sure. But then also, when you go into empty, that's that's truth serum for the defense because you're, right. you can't disguise. <coughs> no, it's hard. It's you, hard. You expect yeah. that the ball's going to come out fast. So you're if you're going to pressure – you got to show pressure pre-snap. It's very hard to disguise stuff if you're. Gonna and the other empty. point is, is if they get a good read on defenses that they will not blitz and yep. they will rush four and play whatever coverage they choose to play, then you don't necessarily have to call plays that the ball gets out quick. Yep. You can expand your your pass game out of empty because you feel very good with those. Five offensive linemen blocking four. Yeah, and I know that was a big thing with like the Rams last year, right? They, they Rams very, led they, the league uh, in empty sets by far, and Stafford was really successful. It was very like expansive out of empty. Very right? expansive. They did, they did not just throw quick balls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that would be something I want to watch. I mean, right now, uh, coming out of uh, coming out of this game, uh, Devontae Smith leads the NFL in catches, yards, first downs, and explosive plays out of empty. Uh, so just kind of showing, like, right? Uh, you know, you're going to see more of it. You're going to so. see more. The the other reason you're going to see more of it is because it brings in the Hurts factor as a runner. Yeah. Because if the defense chooses to really spread it out, which they have to depending on the splits of the receivers, yep. don't forget you can widen your splits too with receivers because there's going to be more space. Yeah. And you could see more design runs, draws, things like that with Jalen because it can be effective out of empty. Yeah, and what I love too, just going back to the, your point about A.J. Brown, you know, the, when you get into those crunch time areas where third down red zone, hey, like, we want to find ways to just get our playmakers the football. Right. And again, if you're if you're understanding that uh, out of empty, you're only going to get one or two things. That's a good way to be able to say like, okay, this is how we're going to get AJ Brown the football. This is how we're going to get Devonte Smith the football out of these. Looks. You're also forcing defenses as they prepare for you in a given week to think about how having to expand what they do because most teams out of empty have a default coverage. Yep. And and you will know that based on film study. So teams now going into playing the Eagles might have to think about expanding that. That's more practice time maybe more maybe a mistake gets made here or there because they haven't practiced it as much so no you're going to see more empty sets yeah it's just a a fascinating uh, element of this offense and again uh, a really well-designed game plan uh from Shane Steichen the coaching staff I thought that was really well executed I mean it speaks I think uh Shil Kapadia uh from the ringer dropped the stat um earlier this week as well where uh, the Eagles and I I haven't looked I want to go get the exact number but they have like outgained opponents in the first half by like 600 plus yards yeah. and the second place team has been like 300 like well out of head well, just of what they've done in the first half of the games. Eagles are taking the approach that a lot of people believe in you yeah. know not everybody but a lot of people believe that you score early throwing the football 
That's the way you play. You score early throwing the football, yep. and then you run it. Now, obviously, they didn't run it very well in this game, and that's not the story of this game. Yeah. You know, I think we know they can run it well. Just because they didn't in this game, that doesn't mean they're not a good running team. But obviously, we're talking about this game. Of course. And the running game was not a big factor. Yep. Yeah, I think so. And look, I, you got to give some credit to that Washington <coughs> defensive front. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Allen looked more a little bit healthier than what he did uh, a week ago. Um, there were some missed blocks. There were some, uh, you know, some runs that maybe could have gone a little bit, uh, you know, hard. Harder downhill, you know, you get into all those little nitty gritty things. But I think at the end of the day, uh, look, the pass game is what made this team go. Uh, the last two weeks, it's the pass game. First yeah. half passing. I mean, over twenty attempts, twenty dropbacks, because obviously there's runs as well. Yep. Um, but no, the, this this team is coming out throwing the football. How about uh, Grant Calcaterra uh, jumping out too? You got the, the first <coughs> the forty the yarder, play, forty yeah. yarder there on the, yeah. the first play of the yeah. third quarter. Yeah, um, you know, basically the to me like the safety to that side really kind of blew that coverage. The boundary safety yeah. forest. Yeah. Oh, he had no idea. Yeah, I, and to me like that was uh, I think like 10, 12 plays after the AJ Brown deep ball uh, down that same sideline. So I'm like, all right, like he's and you can see he's got eyes for AJ the whole way. That's that not where well, his he eyes should have been. On he that just play. I think they were playing quarters, were they not? They were. So his yeah. eye, it was a three by one set. And it was his a three by one set. They got to be. The other side of the field. Yeah, and I think because Calcaterra in his in his initial stem looked like he was going a little more vertical as opposed to crossing. Yep. I think at that point Forrest looked to number one to his side, but no, he he's got to be aware of that. Staying in the tight end room, uh, I thought the the touchdown, the first touchdown of the game, the to screen pass to Goddard. I mean, really well designed play. <clears throat> Very well designed play because they they ran power run action. Well, tackle power run action too, right? Like, which is even more of a uh, you know messing with the linebackers. No not question. a lot of teams run that. No, because uh, Jamin Davis and uh, Holcomb went yep. hard inside, and it set up Kelsey and Sayamalu being able to get out and and make the blocks they needed to, and and it was. And uh, I guess uh, Cameron Curl, as I recall, did not really want to tackle Goddard. No, he missed that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. He missed that one. And that was the thing, was that uh, you get those linebackers so hard inside, that creates favorable angles for Kelsey Without and question. when they get out. It's beautiful play. Level. It's really beautiful well play. Um, really good stuff. But we kind of like buried the lead a little bit here, Greg, because uh, did the... You think the nine the sacks defense? is a little bit of a nine, lead? Nine sacks? I feel like we, we haven't even mentioned <coughs> You mean that, that doesn't happen like, every game? Yeah, we're, we're, we're like, I can't even tell how... We're 16 minutes in, we haven't talked about well, we uh, about this, and I think that when you look at that that defensive front... Um, they were pretty much all one-on-ones. Well, that's the thing, is like, I was looking, I'm like, all right, like, you know, yeah. how do you kind of put these guys into buckets? And there were a lot of one-on-one wins... For sure, um, there was only only two of the, of the sacks came off blitzes, and only one was really as a result of the blitz. Correct, uh, and that was the, one of the last ones, the T.J. Edwards one. Um, but to me, like there were a few really good pass offs and coverage that messed with Wentz a little bit. Uh, you know, where you just saw really good. This is second week well, in a row, like the communication. I thought, the, I thought the coverage was was really strong. There, there were. I can't remember the exact number, three or four, where Wentz clearly got stuck in the pocket. And I think a lot of people would say that Carson Wentz does have that tendency to, to be a little slow as a decision maker. Yep. Um, but obviously the Eagles knew that. But the point is, is that I was trying to think watching it because I spoke to someone who, you know, w- was not necessarily high on, on um, the commander's approach. Mm. And I was thinking to myself as I was watching the tape, what do you do when you just can't protect one on one? You know, do you block with seven and send you know four receivers out? I mean, uh, three receivers out. Excuse me, because right. there's a quarterback. Yeah. You know, if you can't block one on one, it's like a, a defense in the secondary. If you can't cover man to man, you know, at some point you have a problem. What do you do? Well, and that was the thing. Like, just you know, it was. 
what five sacks in the first like nine dropbacks or something. It was well, something yeah, silly like in that. A row. Right? It was three one in at a row. the end of a drive and then two yep. starting the next drive. And so the two starting that next drive, uh, <coughs> that that fir- the first one, the one on first and ten. It was a the Eagles came out in a five man front, so you which had they, they which play a play, lot of five man a lot fronts. of a lot of five man front, a lot of the five one five yeah. in this game where you had T.J. Edwards as the lone backer and the, and the nickel package behind it, um, but it was a five man front, and the the Commanders were in twelve personnel, both tight ends in line to one side, so it was a two tight end set right. there on that side. They kept both tight ends in the block, so you had five blockers from the center out to the tight ends right. against two defenders. So they dropped Brandon Graham on that side. Which meant you had two one on ones on the opposite side, and both one on ones won. Yeah. Hassan Reddick and Fletcher Cox both won, and Cox came away with the sack. Like, uh, you and know, then and then Hargrave on the next play just killed Norwell. Yeah, because that's the thing is like they they slid the other they slid yeah. towards the the five man you know yeah. the opposite side uh, on the first one. Next play they're like, all right, we got let's slide towards Fletcher Cox this time, and then Hargrave wins. Like, no, we, I mean, we talked about that combo the last couple. It of years. was one on ones. I mean, I, you know. At, at some point, you know, if you're an old line, you got You just got to be able to block. Yeah, like Sam Cosme had a rough day. He did. Uh, Brandon Graham got after him because that's the thing. It wasn't just the the interior three, which I no. And a I lot think about. that I think that and and this has been talked about. Norwell and Turner, who were once very good players, are not anymore. Yeah, and they they really struggled with one on one pass protection. Mm-hmm. And they're playing a backup center, obviously, which didn't help. Yeah, no question. Yeah, um, who was coming off his own injury? Well, Correct, Schweitzer from last week. Um, but yeah, so, so the defensive line, obviously across the board. I mean, Hargrave I thought was awesome in this game. Fletcher Cox continues high level of play. Brandon Graham had a really strong day. Hassan Reddick obviously was very active. Josh Sweat continues. So all these guys across the board. I don't know if there's, there's a lot to say other than no. You know, I, that's why I said it's. One on ones. I don't know. You know. I think your point about the coverage uh, is really a good one because there were a lot of examples where the coverage was really strong. They didn't play a ton of man. Yep. You know, but they didn't need to. The game played out that they didn't need to be super aggressive in their approach. Yep. Uh, One thing I want to pull up my notes real quick. There was one thing I wrote down that um, that really really kind of stood out to me. As I find myself writing down Avante Maddox's name often these first three games. Really good start to the season. Yep. You know, run game, pass game. You know, sometimes he's impacting the play. Others, he's more of like a compliment. Oh, he he did this, and that led to this and this. And well, this I thought happening. he was phenomenal against Minnesota. I thought he was really good against Minnesota. I thought he showed up this game. But then, as, as I'm writing that sentence down, I'm like, yeah, I would say the same thing about Marcus Epps. I would say the same thing about Kaiser White. I would say the same thing about T.J. Edwards. And you start talking about like the spine of this defense right yep. up the middle. This linebacker safety play right now and the structure of this defense is like as good it's, as we've seen in really recent well. memory. It's playing really, really well. Well, you know, again, not that that makes me smart or anything, but I mean, I, you know how I felt about Marcus Epps going yep. back two years yep. when he would just get limited opportunities. I right. felt Marcus sure. Epps was a starting safety in yep. the league based on the tape. And obviously now he's doing that. And my guess is the Eagles uh, think he's playing pretty good. Yeah, I would think so. I, just the, the, I think the communicate. We talked about the communication. Um, I think it was like the third or fourth sack. It was Reddick's first sack. Uh, it was third down. Washington ran a, uh, a mesh concept, and it was one of their staples. Right, Eagles fans and listeners to this podcast familiar with that play. Um, they're playing match zone coverage underneath. James Bradbury and Kaiser White did an outstanding job passing it off and forced Carson to double clutch. Right. And then that allowed Reddick to, to be able to right. get home. Uh, there was a really was that, That's one where Wentz sort of stepped up a little. Yep, yes, stepped yes. Stepped up a little bit. Yeah. And then there was one a little bit later, I think <coughs> yeah. it was the, the next quarter, where they showed, they showed, I thought there were some really good disguises in this game as well. There was one, it was, it was, I believe this was third down again. They showed pressure off the left side. Epps was down close to the line of scrimmage. But then they rotated out the sky. It was just cover one man free. And Epps was like the whole defender. Ended up trying to take away the dig route, right? And again, forcing Wentz to get off that, and he wanted to go hit the through route. But by that point, it was too late. The rush had gotten right. Away. I think right, that was a Brandon right. Graham sack. Like 
there's the, the coverage, I thought, the communication, yep. the pass-offs, just really, really strong. No, I agree. The, the last two weeks, this defense has – it's looked – I don't want to say it's looked different because obviously they're playing well and it's easy to say that after the fact. Yeah. But I think this is what was envisioned. You know, you had to go through a season of teaching, learning, then improving talent. You yep. know, talent obviously helps. Familiarity with the scheme helps. You know, things like passing off, maybe people think that's easy. That's not easy. Nope. There's a lot of gray area when you do that. But but I know that Jonathan Gannon is a is a Vic Fangio believer and Vic Fangio is a mentor and and a term that is used by the Vic Fangio group is match carry deliver mm. and I think you're starting to see that more and more with the Eagles. Mm. Yeah, it's it's I'm just really impressed with the way that that group is playing overall. And it's the other real quick schematic thing that's showing up. Um, you know, last year, obviously, they were really low in blitz percentage, right? It was, right. Uh, a big talking point through the first half of the season. They were like 32nd, 31st, depending on which service uh, you looked at. Um, and as the season went on, they blitzed a little bit more. But a majority of those blitzes came on third down. And right. So, like, the third down blitz numbers were rising. But first and second down, right. they still weren't. This year, and I, I looked it up, honestly, it was like a half hour before you got here. They are middle of the pack in blitzing period, and depending on again, depending on the service, sure. right, anywhere from like ninth to twelfth. Um, but then looking at like third down blitzing, first down blitzing, second down, first and second down, everything is like middle of the pack. They are like it's not they're not a top five blitzing team, but they are blitzing they're much becoming, much yes, more often. Yes, yes. Um, so that, that, well, that's, that, that, that's, that's familiar. Out. That's Gannon's belief that the players can execute the yep. system better. Yep. So no, no question. It's hopefully it keeps coming together. Yeah. But the opponent this week, if we can transition, yes, let's do that, please. Well, you know, when the schedule came out, I'm sure Eagles fans said Week Four easy win. Yeah. You know, this they is may, a good team. This is the best test yet, biggest test. I yet. agree, and yeah. they may win the game. Hey, maybe they'll win the game 35-10. You know, right. you don't know till you play. Right. And you know, obviously, we all hope that they win the game. But this team is not last year's Jaguars nope. or the previous year's Jaguars. Or this is a team that's building talent and. They have something that you can't teach, and it's really important in today's NFL, and that's speed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, defense. Let's go. Let's defense. Go, yeah, let's go to their defense. Uh, I loved watching this defense. So Mike Caldwell's the defensive coordinator, former Eagles linebacker, <coughs> yep. uh, has been with Todd Bowles really since they were together here in Philadelphia uh, back in 2012. Um, has followed him. He was with Arizona. They were with the Jets. Now, uh, right. Down Tampa. Uh, and so I was expecting. You know, a lot of like the, the A gap pressure stuff, and that that's kind of what I was expecting. You didn't see it. Nope, haven't seen it really through three but, games. But it, hey, it is a fun pressure scheme. But I'll tell you one thing: because of the Todd Bowles factor, what do they have in Tampa at the linebacker position? Devin White speed. and Levante David yep. speed. What do they now have in Jacksonville at the linebacker position? Speed. Signing Aluakun, yep. a very maybe an unknown player to a lot of people, yep. but a fast player. And they drafted in the first round Devin Lloyd. With what the twenty seventh pick, something like that. Yep. I, I don't know what you thought, Lloyd. I mean, I know some people thought that he had some issues, but the fact is, he's long, he's athletic, and he can run. There, I mean, there are plays where you see, like, all right, he gets a little bit nosy here, he's a little right. bit decisive there, but he's got like the speed and the length to overcome that. And he's been very good through three games yeah. of pass coverage. Yes, no, no question. Uh, he's been one of their bigger playmakers in terms of uh, getting to the football, making plays in coverage, pressuring the quarterback as a part of the blitz yep. team. Um, the versatility in coverage shows up not just in zone but also in man and backs tight yep. ends uh he and aluakun they both match up the tight ends depending on what the scheme is yep. it's it's the, so looking at it too i mean to me like watching it i i feel like i have to start with a defensive front obviously they take trayvon walker number one greg they just have a bunch of aliens up front like it's a bunch of like really like like-bodied athletes that are like between 
you know, 6'4 and 6'6 and 265 and 310, and they're all athletic. They're all well, explosive and it's and funny violent. because they had a type. That's why they went and signed Arden Key. Arden Key finally last year with the 49ers became the Arden Key that many thought he could become yeah. when he came out of LSU. And he's gained about 20 pounds in the NFL, yep. but he hasn't lost his movement ability. Yeah. So he came out of LSU probably at 240, 245. He's 260, 265 now. He's 6'5". They move him around. They stand him up. You know, when they go when they go nickel on third down, Third down now. Now they'll go nickel, obviously. Yeah, yeah. They don't play any dime. They haven't played right. one snap no. of dime. They want both linebackers on the field. <coughs> Correct. Yeah, no, they want, the, they want that speed on the field. That's why Tampa doesn't play a lot of right. dime either. It's yeah. funny you say that, but you're right. But um, when they go nickel on third down, they usually have Key and Smoot, who also has defensive end experience and was a defensive end in college yep. at Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yep. Um, but they have Key and Smoot inside, and they have Walker, and they have – Josh Allen. So you're dealing with three of those guys are six four, six five. I mean, they have a lot of length up front. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is like uh, all these different unique looks. You know, Roy Robertson Harris is one of the more underrated players I in football. Couldn't agree. So is Hamilton, fifty two. Ha- Hamilton flies off the ball and changes the line of scrimmage yeah. almost every time he's out there. Ha- Robertson they, Harrison is, yeah. a, is a house. He is. He's. Uh, let me real quick. He is, I don't have his height weight listed here. Oh, here he is, 6'5", 298. <coughs> yeah. Lines up as a three tech, as a four eye tech, as a nose tech, or but as again, a nose tackle. But like, they, yes. they don't get guys who are 6'1", 6'2". Yeah. Now, I know Smoot's not tall. He may, he's, but he's probably still in the 6'3 range. He's 6'3", 265. Yeah. And, again, and he's well, the shortest guy. He's the, he's the smallest guy. <laughs> he's the least athletic guy. I know. But like, you look around and, and like, Caleb on Chase was a first round pick. He's an afterthought in this group. And he's like, he played a little more this week. I thought I didn't look at the snap count. I haven't looked. I didn't look at it either. But I, I thought he played a little more, and he was a first-round pick. Right. I mean, Arden Key, like you mentioned, they line him up inside, outside. I feel like those not – even I was looking at it too. He's been like 50-50 straight down the gut in terms yeah. of inside, outside. Which he'd say he did the same thing with the 49ers right. last year. But they'll put him up over the nose. They'll, yep. they'll, they'll do all he those stands different up. kinds of things. Uh, Trayvon Walker – I mean, how about when he dropped into coverage and made that play? Holy smokes! He so you had an interception of Carson Wentz in Week One. Um, he is taken. And that's what he did at Georgia too. He had that. Remember yep. he had that that PBU for uh, that led to an interception yeah. uh, last year for <coughs> yep. Georgia. Um, you know the versatility. He's an outstanding run defender. This is just a, that's a really athletic, versatile, aggressive group. It's a with, it's a really with good size group. and length. Yes. So and that's the thing now. So uh, you know they're going to come out on third down if it's third and long. You're going to get all kinds of unique looks up front where yep. uh, not only, oh, like who's lining up where? Because that's what we were, we were talking about this, like, you know, with Washington last week. Oh, well, they're going to bring the linebacker down and they're going to have some multiple front looks and you have to watch out for that. Uh, you know, Detroit, oh, they're going to kick Aiden Hutchinson inside. These guys are so varied with the way right. that they line up and they also run a bunch of different, like, stunt. They crushed Indianapolis last week in week two uh, with all the different stunts and games they ran up front. It's this is a tough game uh, from the for the Eagles offensive line. I couldn't agree more, and and of course the Eagles' all line has been phenomenal. They have through three games, but this is a challenge. This is for the biggest sure. test, no the, question. For biggest test, and you know I think their secondary. I got to tell you, you know, again it's all tape. It's like I said, you know, two years ago about Marcus Epps. I think Jenkins, the the safety who plays on the back end, can can come down in the box as well I think he's a really improved player I think I mean I thought his I think it might have been the second play of the game where he planned and drove 
I mean, he looked like he was shot out of a cannon. He is an enforcer on the back end. Yeah. There's not a lot of safety. And he's another guy. He's 6'2". I mean, this is not a bunch of small little guys. No. I mean, so Shaq Griffin is one starting corner. He was actually inactive this week. I'll check in on his status uh, here. But he's a six-foot corner. Tyson Campbell from Georgia. He's the other starting corner. 6'1". 6'1", 195. Yeah. you know, you and he's improving. Cisco is uh, all the other safety, six foot two ten. Yeah, pure rangy, uh, pure free safety. Like uh, the only know, shorter but, guy would be their slot, Williams. And he is a freak show athlete. So for, for right. people that might, might remember, the the Eagles played the Rams. It was like week two, like in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. It was at the link and. Carson when he made the, an, yes, Carson went through that interception late where he was rolling left. He threw it to the post, and the corner made a ridiculous. <clears throat> and that was Williams. That was that was Williams. Yeah, it was again over JJ Ortega Whiteside. I that remember was, that Darius, very well. Darius Williams made a he and he still like he almost made a play like I think it was week one. Yeah, oh. you know, he is a he is a freak playing the ball. Yeah, in the air. yeah. He's, he kind of reminds me, and he's lasted a little bit longer in the league than this player did. But like Brandon Boykin was that kind of like athlete, right, right, uh, right, in, in terms of playing the slot. That's kind of what Williams uh, reminds me of, but. Yeah, so the the profile for them, they're going to mix up their coverages, but on third down, it is very heavy man coverage, and it's going to be either two man, and they're going to play really aggressive press man, or you're going to have a blitz, and it's going to be cover one. Right. That's, that's the identity on third down. Yeah, no, they're uh, they're a fun defense to watch. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. It's a good group. Yeah. Then you go over to the offensive side, uh, and this is a, it's fun kind of watching this as, as someone that f- watches the Eagles a lot because – it's playing the playing the hits, right? It's a lot of the same uh, play concepts. Well, it's we it's almost in some ways like the Eagles when you got to 2017. Yeah, now I'm right. not saying they're going to be in the Super Bowl. That's not the point. But you have a second year quarterback, and obviously Doug was not there last year, Doug Peterson. But you know the one thing that immediately stood out to me watching Trevor Lawrence. You know Trevor Lawrence came out of Clemson, and obviously he's not responsible for this. But people spoke about him as a generational talent. Right. He's not quite that guy. You know he's talented, but he's not quite that guy. But the thing is, is you watch Trevor Lawrence and you noticed a couple of things when he came out of college. He was a little slow on his drop in the pocket in his set. He was a strider. So, and therefore... What does that mean? Can we paint, paint the picture? What is that when you say he's a strider? A strider that is that means he would, have to, he would step into his throws with his front foot. Hmm. And he needed space in order to do that. And in the NFL, you know what? You get less space. I spoke to a coach... Uh, who who had studied Trevor Lawrence all his years at Clemson, all three years, and he said by his evaluation, and everybody has a different different parameters by which they they evaluate this, but he said by his evaluation, in his three years at Clemson, Trevor Lawrence threw only thirty four balls that were he, this coach considered contested pocket throws. Mm. So he didn't face contested pockets yep. in college. In the NFL, you do, yep. and if you're a strider. That becomes a problem because you end up having to rush your delivery and you end up sailing throws, which, by the way, he He's did so, a bunch last year. And he did a bunch. Honestly, he did a, a handful of times this week, too, early on. Like, you still yeah. see it. It's <clears> well, it's not going to all go away. Much, and, exactly. Right. But, but much but less you, often you're now. Not, yes. I, the point I was going to make was you're seeing incremental yeah, improvement. No doubt. Yep. You're clearly seeing the incremental improvement. Feet are quicker on his drop and set. Not striding as much. He made a couple of throws this week from contested pockets where he had to stand in there with people around him as the pocket was getting squeezed. He did not stride yep. and still made good throws. Yeah, I, I think when you look at this offense and just the the identity of it, I mean, there. I think I'm pretty sure the the, uh, the stat from 
uh, next gen was the average time to throw uh, was he was fourth in the league. The ball's coming out fast. The ball's, very much time. And, and by the way, offense. if that's the offense, Doug Peterson runs your quarterback has to be quicker. Right. Yep. You know, normally long legged quarterbacks. It's like Carson Wentz. Yeah. Those quarterbacks usually don't fit well in those quick rhythm timing passing games yep. because they're so long. Everything is a little slower. Yep. You know, so you're speeding up Trevor Lawrence, and you can see it. Like you said, it doesn't happen on every snap and every play. And ideally, if the Eagles can get a lot of pressure on him, the hope is he reverts back. Mm. But overall, you're seeing that incremental improvement. Yeah, I think just in terms of the way they want to be able to distribute the football, uh, they're finding creative ways to use Christian Kirk. A lot of the, some of the things we talked about last week with Curtis Samuel, I think apply. They got about to Kirk. three guys that line up all over. Yeah, and that's the thing is that you know even just looking at the target tree, like Christian Kirk's got 24 targets, Zay Jones got 24, and Marvin Jones is 18. Like they're they're spreading it around pretty evenly with, yeah. the, with those three guys and Evan Ingram in there as well. The run game has been up and down. I mean, James Robinson has had two long runs, which makes it appear that the numbers are good. Yep. But they haven't run it, I'm sure, as well as they would hope. Uh, but, you know, you talk about moving people around. You got ATN who moves around. Yep. You got Ingram who moves around. You got Kirk who moves around. Jamal, Jamal Agnew. I was just going to yeah. mention Agnew. He's another guy that, you know, doesn't play a ton of snaps, but you have to be aware when he's in the game. They, they ran that. Uh, it was like a, uh, a pretty unique set down in the red zone this past week where the, Trevor Lawrence was out wide. ETN uh, was essentially the Wildcat I saw that, yeah, yeah. You had, you had Agnew back there. You had Kirk in the backfield. So you, you've you got that propensity for some some wacky stuff. And we know Doug Peterson, they want to they get creative. Uh, well, at least they didn't do what Seattle did, uh, I guess, last week where they had four. Uh, did you four see that running, play? Four running backs. Four running backs yeah, and, and DJ Giles through the pick. Yeah. I don't think they'll be whipping that out anytime soon. Less than ideal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On that play. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a timing and rhythm based offense. Uh, they want to try and get the ball out of his hand fast and uh, get the ball to their playmakers. They gave Christian Kirk a boatload of money this offseason, and they're they're getting everything. And they're using him, yeah. yeah, just like <laughs> the money he got. You yeah, know, no doubt. Uh, and then real quickly, offensive line wise, since the Eagles' defensive front yeah. uh, was so strong, um, you have Cam Robinson at left tackle. The other tackle, uh, high second round pick, Jawan Taylor. Who's who been was, up and down in his career. Yep, I think this year he's been pretty good. In. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, agree. I think yeah. he's playing better But I think year. the nature of the pass game allows him to get more comfortable, sure. too. Yeah, there's not, not those long drops, no doubt. Uh, Brandon Scherf looks awesome yep. uh, at right guard. He looks healthy. He looks really, really good. Uh, he was out for blood in that first game against Washington. He really stood out, and I thought he was really good against Indy as well. Uh, Luke Fortner is the starter at center. He's a third-round pick, a rookie uh, coming out of Kentucky. And then Ben Barch is the starter at left guard. Um, Fortson's been pretty good so I, far. You know, again, I... I uh, I know Eagles took uh, Cam Jurgens in the second round, and obviously Linderbaum went in the first round. This is just my personal deal. I'm, you know, uh, I'm not Duke Mannyweather or Brandon Thorne here discussing this, but I Fortner was my favorite center, mm. and maybe it's because of his length. He's six right. four. Yep. I think he's a really good player, yep. and I think through three weeks, I know you watched all three games as well. I think he's been very good. Yeah, he's a, he's had a good start. Uh, I think that the, I was honestly look because he, he is a rookie. You look at that and say, okay, like, let's see if we can find ways to get after him. And Ben Barch, I think, is another guy. And Ben Barch, I think, probably would be considered as the Eagles' coaching staff prepares for this matchup and game yep. plans. I think they would look at Barch as the weak link. I think he's probably the weak link, but it's not necessarily even one where you're like, oh, like. It's really, not. He's not. A, he's it's not, not like he stinks and he yes. can't play. Exactly. Right. He's right. He's just a right. weak link of the an offensive line that's been solid so far. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, Greg, this is a, this is gonna be a tough one, man. Yeah. This, this, is, this you know, test. if the Eagles and I know it's home and the crowd, you know, because they're three and zero, the crowd will be excited. But if the Eagles win this game, looking really, really good, and I'm not gonna sit here and say, boy, you know, Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. But I mean that. 
we're talking about a really good team if that were to occur. Yeah, you know? no doubt. This is, this is going to be a really big test uh, for this team on both sides of the football, especially that Eagles offense going up against the Jags, but uh, against that defensive front. But, Greg, uh, next week we'll break it all down. We'll, we'll, we'll sit right here. Who do they have after uh, this game? Arizona and then uh, Dallas. Oh. So you got Arizona, Dallas, and then I believe the bye. So okay. The next three weeks here uh, for this Eagles team. But um, now you get through Jacksonville first, and uh, we'll see how that goes, Greg. But uh, we'll be back breaking it down next week right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Thanks for joining us once again for Chalk Talk. Thanks, Trent. Great stuff there from Greg, who you can follow on Twitter, just like I do, at Greg Cosell. And while you're at it, I'm at Eagles XOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's Nose content that we produce here with Eagles Entertainment. And you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. That is one way to support the show, but the best way is to go into Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, leave us a rating, leave us a comment, and if you've got a question, we'll answer it. And I wanted to give a shout-out to someone who did exactly that. This is actually the last question in the feed. So... If you've got a question, now's the time. Jump on. We'll answer it here on the show later this week. Michael left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with this question. Fran, keep up the great work. It appears that the five-man front used by the Eagles is very effective both against the run and has been adequate against the pass. I attribute this change to the much-improved performance of the defense. The Eagles mostly used this front against Detroit up until they had built a lead in the first half. However, this formation has resulted in Kaiser White being sidelined. Do you think that this is a situational use of White is the proper role? for him going forward or should he be somehow included in the five-man front set i hate to see a great player be underutilized so uh michael it's a good question and i think what we've seen evolve over these last couple of weeks is there's two different versions of what we would call this five-man front of this bare front right and again what you typically see from these five-man fronts and their base look is that you're going to see Jordan Davis as the nose tackle. You're going to see both Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave flanking him as a four-eye technique on either side. So just on the inside shade of the tackle on either side, you'll get Cox on the left, Hargrave on the right, and then you'll get the two edge rushers outside of those guys as seven or nine techniques, and that's going to be typically Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick. Reddick from the left and Sweat from the right with the linebackers behind them. Now, there are, like I said, there are two different versions of this front. There is the 5-1 look where you're going to have TJ Edwards, and that'll typically be with a nickel defense behind it. So you'll have Avante Maddox on the field in the slot with the rest of your starting secondary. Then you've got your base defense where it's going to be that five-man front with two linebackers, and that's going to be with Edwards and with Kaiser White with your your starting four defensive backs behind them. Now, one thing we have started to see more and more over the last couple of weeks as well, the Eagles will come up in those bare looks, so you're going to get that same alignment, but instead of it being a true like five defensive linemen on the field and just one linebacker stacked uh, behind that group, it's still go- it's going to actually be four defensive linemen, and they'll take Kaiser White and put Kaiser White up on the line of scrimmage. Now, White has a very versatile skill set. He's got great length for a linebacker. He can line up on the line of scrimmage and play through contact a little bit. He's got a little bit of a Sam linebacker skill set, but he's more of an off-ball body. That said, he's got that length. So what we've seen is they'll, they'll put Kaiser White off the edge. They'll also line him up inside over guards. And so that allows you to still play those different techniques that you would play, that, that same gap responsibility from the five-man front. But you're disguising it a little bit because of the personnel you've got on the field, and you're just got you're changing up the picture a little bit from a deep, from an offensive line standpoint in terms of who those bodies are and where they're lining up. And so you're starting to see more reps for Kaiser uh, in some of those looks. Uh, but I will say, yeah, you're see, when it, they were in there a five-one-five, which that was a, a big theme as we talked about with Greg. That was a big theme in this game against Washington. 
yeah, Kaiser White's going to go off the field and you'll see TJ Edwards. But uh, again, we're starting to see more of those basic nickel looks where it's a four-man four front, two linebackers, but they'll take Kaiser White and put him up on the line of scrimmage. So keep an eye out for those looks. Uh, either way, you're still getting a, a lot of really, I mean, the, the, at the end of the day, when the defensive line is winning their one-on-ones, which is how Greg and I led off uh, that defensive discussion earlier, it's all a moot point anyway. Because if you're winning your one-on-ones, you're gonna you're gonna have success uh, as a defense. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm I'm excited to watch uh, this Eagles defense continue to develop for all the reasons we listed out uh, with Greg earlier. It's a really fun group. I think those linebackers are playing really really well. Kaiser White and T.J. Edwards. So great stuff there from Michael. Really appreciate the question. Thank you to him and thank you to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.